Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. It wasn't the busiest of racing weekends, but there's still plenty of action going on. Uh, starting in the UK, we got uh, what was it in the UK? It was a British GTs, which um, and, uh, and British Superbikes. Yeah, and British it's, it's, I did forget to tell people last weekend, and we're going to talk about it in a minute about the Japanese Super Formula, which is a, a bit like we haven't really touched the Aussie Supercars, which is a brilliant touring car series. Uh, we perhaps don't talk about the, the Japanese Super Formula enough, so we'll come to that in a minute. And we're, we're but, obviously, we'll, obviously we'll come to NASCAR because NASCAR's on every single week of obviously the year. Obviously, NASCAR. Um, starting off with some Formula One gossip. What have you got for us this week, Tiff? Well, the, the thing about Formula One annoys me is that we all rush into these opening three races. You know, we've wasted all winter <laughs> and then there's testing and there's all the car launches. Everyone gets excited and fired up and then we have three Grand Prix with varying, um, varying uh, drama. And then all of a sudden, oh, and it's like, well, they're all off. They're all, four all weeks. Off surfing and, and why, why do we have a four-week gap now? We might start the season later. But it, did it, and they have these sort of sessions in the middle of the year. We have about three Grand Prix on consecutive weekends. It's weird how they work these calendars out. So it's there a bit of a. So, so you got no gossip. You just got a complaint. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I'm complaining know, about their calendar fans. because they get us all fired up <laughs> and then they just leave us. Just leave but, us. But you're going to long for it even more. So it, it, what's that about absence makes a heart grow fonder? Yeah. So you're, 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 yeah. you're looking forward to even more uh, when it comes maybe. to... Where's it going next? Baku, Azure, isn't it? Baku, Azerbaijan, Baku yeah. April 20, April, April 30th. Okay, well, i got no gossip, really, but I've I got quite an interesting stat because I know you love stats so much. Um, so Formula One, back in the 1950s, there's one red flag. In 1960s, there was no red flags. Uh, the 70s, 12... Then it went up to 21 in the 80s, 20 in the 90s. Then it do- dri- dropped right down to six red flags in 2000s. Saved by the bell with your stats. In 2010, there are 12 red flags. There's a bit of a theme here, so it's dropping down. In 2020, so far, with the three races, there's been 17 red flags. That but, 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 but that's in qualifying and everything else, not just in the race. Well, it races. can't be in the race, can it? Because it's obviously Where have you got this race. from? I don't know. Someone gave so, Twitter. I told you not to go stat match. <laughs> Do you know what that means? Do you this? know what this means? Absolutely nothing. Exactly. <laughs> but I've got no Formula One news, and you always want Formula One news, but we haven't got any. So where <laughs> should we go? Let's there's, go there's to... quite a bit of debate, wasn't it, about whether whether science should have had his, um, his penalty or not. He was raging about that afterwards. But I tell you what, once once they all crashed, I just lost interest in who won or who came where. It just because it become a farce. <laughs> <I> <laughs> Go away. Hold on a minute. We can't just build a podcast. Go away. We're so we're so professional on this podcast. <laughs> Tiff's got his um what, what who's calling you? That must be someone important. I don't know, I couldn't read the number. Clarkson, I'm not bothered. No, no, Chris Harris. You guests out there are more important. Let's get on with our pod. Okay. Well, let's go to let's go to British GTs then, because it was quite an exciting weekend at uh, at Alton Park. Oh, it's doing an answer phone, which I can hear. His answer answer phone hear going on. For those of you who haven't Stop. heard it, he is available for voiceover. He's got the most Go wonderful away. voice on Ant's phone. Hey, this has been the Dale residence. If you if if you are getting this message, you might want to try my mobile. Uh, um, 
we ought to go international first. We, we ought to go. We all go global first, and we'll come back to the British GTs and the British superbikes because Japan. That's I, I, because that's got close to my heart because Japan became this waiting room. It was called for sort of future Formula One drivers in the eighties and nineties. And um, I was one of the very first out there to race in Japan in Formula 2. And I went out there in 1979, finished fourth in my first Formula 2 race out there. Went back in 1980, another fourth place. And that's what got me into doing my Group C World um, Japanese Sports Car Championship. But I thought Japan um, but it's, was more about a waiting room for endurance racing, actually, Tiff. Not, not no, very much single season. I mean, I'm going yeah. through the list. You know, I mean, in the, in the 1980s, you know, Jeff Lees won the championship. Stefania Hansen was out there. Ralph Schumacher won the Japanese championship. Pedro de la Rosa won the championship. Andrea Lotterer, that's doing Formula E. Nick Cassidy. Um, so it, even in single seaters, it was a place to go if you couldn't get you know, a, a Formula One drive. It was the waiting room, as it was called. Um, and it just came to me because out there last week, it was Liam Lawson. So we haven't had a British driver win for a long time, or, a, I mean, a, a non-Japanese driver. Lawson's obviously a Kiwi. Um, but Red Bull have used the, the waiting room to good effect. They had Pierre Gasly out there in um, 2017 uh, when they couldn't find him a job. Red Bull sort of were ignoring Formula 2 back then. So they went to, to Japan to, to test, leave their drivers for a year. Um and of course, you know, we had um, Dan Tickton, not so successful. Gazi made a great success, but Tickton went out there in 2018-19, didn't get on with it. Uh, Pato Award they took from uh, America oh, wow. when they were trying to give Red Bull, thought Pato Award might be their future. You know, back to a couple of races, that didn't really work. And it's been quite quiet since, really. It's been more the Japanese winning the last two or three years. But Lawson went out and won the first round of the championship Fuji last weekend. Um, from third on the grid to win it. So I thought, let's get back to Japan. Uh, and it's a wonderful place as well. It's a whole different culture. And I so enjoyed racing out there. Very, very different. Um, living in Tokyo, commuting on the expressways. What, what were the most famous um, tracks? Obviously, Fuji. But what what, are, what other tracks are well known over there? It's just Fuji and Suzuka, really. They, they introduced oh, Suzuko. And then they, they built another Grand Prix track. I always forget its name. But they had a couple of um, Grand Prix out there, way out in the countryside. Um, so it's quite exciting to see Liam Lawson because he is, you know, every people are looking for the next Red Bull kid. Then Liam Lawson could well be that man. He, he came third in the second race, but got a, a five-second penalty for. They all came in for the pit stop under the safety guy. He did that usual backing up to make space so he could change his tyres as well as his teammates. So he got pinged and finished fourth. Um, so it's growing again. There's, there's three other non-Japanese drivers out there, and Giuliano Lacy again. He's, he's sort of escaped Europe because I think he was getting battered in Formula 3 and Formula 2. wasn't performing that well. Uh, so his dad, Jean, um, got him sorted out for a Japanese seat uh, about three years ago now. In fact, his mother's Japanese. Jean Alessi's wife is Japanese. Um, and he actually won the sort of um, second, the Formula 2 in Japan. I forget what it's called now, but it's called Super Lights or Super something. Um, but he was never that good in F3 and F2. Uh, last weekend, he qualified 18th and finished 19th in race one. Then he qualified 13th and finished 22nd. I think he had, he had incidents in both races. So not a good way from Alessi. Uh, have, have you raced against the father? Have you raced against Jean Alessi? Yeah, he must have been around, Jean. Yeah. Probably a bit after me, wasn't he? I never know. But I don't think I've been clashing with him. Um, the, 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 he runs under a British licence, but he's a South African, Raoul Hyman. Um, he did a bit of Formula 3, but he's gone out there to try and further his career, but he only qualified 16th, finished 16th, qualified 21st, finished 18th. Not And, and a Turkish driver's gone out there to try and make his mark. Kem Bolubasi, Bolukbasi. It was, it was a bit of an e-sports star, I think. And then okay. he went real car racing. Um, did quite well in Euro Formula, and then he wasn't very good in Formula 2. 
he qualified 19th. So he finished eighth in the first race somehow, in 22nd and finished 17th. So the tradition is growing again a bit. Although those last three drivers have all probably taken sponsorship money with them to get the drives. Uh, whereas in my day, in the, in the 80s and 90s, it was big money. And Eddie Irvine was another great name. He was very much a star of um, Japanese uh, Formula, th- Formula 2, as it was then. I bet uh, he got some there. Yeah, well, he was the one that got all the, the earnings up. He was Eddie Irvine, very clever with money, old Eddie. Mm. And he was one of the ones to get there. You probably learned of Eddie uh, Jordan a lot about yeah, earning Yeah, and Coulthard, money. they're all part of the same sort of gang, really, yeah. aren't they? The Monaco so, gang. So, it's interesting. So we will be following the Japanese Super Formula again because it is a cracking single-seater formula. And now we've got a, a non-Japanese driver, uh, a Commonwealth driver. That's good enough for me. He's got a bit of a <laughs> union flag on his flag, hasn't he? Still, at the moment, he has. But I think now. New Zealand will pretty, they'll last a bit longer than Australia. So well done, Liam Lawson. Gone to a strange country and won from the top. Uh, but that was the only real biggest actually. We'll come to NASCAR last. We always come to NASCAR last. Um, and so really, it was home in Britain. A lot going on in Britain. Um, we've always got a packed calendar which don't follow because we tend to look at international racing as the way, otherwise we'd be on talking rubbish for hours, wouldn't we? And there were track racing at Brands Hatch. There was a historic racing at Donnie's and Saturday. I wasn't up there. Great weekend for historic lovers. Well, and, we're going to be doing then, some historic racing in June. We're actually going to race Brands? against each other with, um, with Bernie's V8s at Brands Hatch, the 17th. Bernie's V8s. Yeah. <laughs> That's and there was TCR at Snetton. Have you ever sort of bothered to watch T? I mean, TCR is pretty much what the right. final World Touring Car Championship was, well, these front-wheel drive boxes. A lot of fans on Twitter say, oh, no, BTCC is dying a bit. It's come too expensive. TCR is the place to go. But I'm afraid TCR badly fails my rule of thumb that if a, a, a formula is only interesting when one car going through a corner in front of you looks exciting and the trouble those little front wheel drive boxes they <laughs> understeer through the corners and of course it's good excitement because they end up hitting each other a lot and it tends to be a semi-banger race by the time they got frustrated and start knocking into the back of the car in front they go broadside and they floor the throttle front wheel spin up they go straight again I mean, it's sort of entertaining in a sort of banger race scenario, but I can't get excited by it. They're quite expensive cars, quite high tech. Um, so TCR was big at Snetterton. But yeah, British GT up at Alton Park was the main event. Um, to me, in my mind, that package is becoming very much equal to the touring car package now. So much weekend sport. I mean, it's um, Saturday and Monday, the racing. They missed out Sunday with the British GT up at term. They only had qualifying on the Saturday or the other, the single seater form because they got GB3, GB4. The Caterhams, of course, have moved to the BT, not the Genettas. The Genettas the have Genettas. moved uh, from BTCC to the British GT platform. Um, but the race won on, on, on this morning because we took Monday, this was Easter Monday. It was a cracking race because they were going, it's very much a pro app. So you've got to have a pro. And the AM pays the bills. So, and in the first race, it was the the AMs that started and the pros that finished the race. And why did they do that? Just because they're expecting rain, or was that the tactics? Um, why did no, they all quite, follow the same suit? Why did, is that because that's the rule? I quite like it because the AMs have a qualifying session, yeah. and that forms the grid for when the AMs start, and the pros have a qualifying session, which forms the grid for when the pros start. So you always start, you know, where you're supposed to be, which I really liked. Um, but it was it was the the AMs started on wet sort of drying track and slithered around and did their best and then the pros got in with some slick stuck on. Yeah, it was some good It, it, it started good. racing. Yeah, the AMs yeah. are yeah, they're quick, you know. And of course, it's got GT three and GT four. Yeah, I think it was like thirty eight cars. It's, it's like eighteen GT threes and eighteen. And it's GT4s. such a small lap around there as yeah. well, a short lap. So narrow, narrow as well. So yes. overtaken. <laughs> 
And they always catch the back markers, local back markers. They catch the leading GT4s before the end of the races. And, of course, they they don't want to give an inch or half a second. You know, so well, you I was really surprised at how little they gave in terms of uh, yielding. When, when, you know, it's not a blue flag because they're, they're racing their race. They're oh, yeah, they're racing. Race. Yeah, they're still supposed to. You know. yeah. But at the end of race one, when it started raining, the pros, they all got caught up back in back <laughs> markers. And then that, it was virtually four cars crossed the line, but 1.39 seconds covered the front four. And there was this famous battle at the front because it was um, Ross Gunn in the Aston Martin was coming through the pack a bit. Uh, the Aston seemed to suit, the, or his driving suited it. Uh, but Johnny Adam was leading the Merck. He used to be an Aston man. Johnny Adam was very much an Aston man, but he's now moved to a Mercedes this year. But down to Lodge, the final corner, the final lap, they both went straight on. Ross Gunn trying to get yeah. yeah, both outbreak themselves. Both didn't quite reach the catty litter and sort of teetered around the corner. Uh, but third place, Marcus Cluton and McLaren, was too far back to take advantage. So they still crossed the line in the same order. Johnny, well, I was really surprised because because he was Marcus was so right, you know, pushing. He got into second with yeah. with only half a lap to go. So I think uh, the McLaren ooh. didn't like the wet so much. You're right. Whenever you're right. it was wetter, the you're McLaren right. didn't seem to have the traction. Yeah, and, um, the, and we have to say to James Cannington as well, the amateur for DK Engineering, that's his first ever win, um, yeah, 100th yeah. for Adam, so uh, that was must be a really good feeling. Oh, Ollie, Ollie Webb was in, I don't know why yeah. he qualified 18th, I don't know what he was, he was what, slowest I was the watching GT3s. Ollie when he was going through the pack, and I thought he's gonna, he was 17th, and he just stayed at 17th, and sort of yeah. it made one place mm. when some, somebody dropped out, but... Um, Maybe he hasn't and, got and, a trick and, McLaren. And Harry George of, um, of Caterham, Fame. Well, I used to race with Harry in yeah. uh, Caterham's. He's he's in a GT4, a and I've got the perfect solution to to spice up Formula One because, like the GT3s and GT4s in in the British GTs, why don't we just have Formula One and Formula Two on the same track together? So then, when you catch them up, you've got all that traffic, all that chaos because it was chaos. I can't believe how difficult it was to overtake these people. And there was action everywhere, wasn't there? But it was, yeah. it was it's a great spectacle. I mean, going around that track in those cars. But the second race wasn't quite, the, this afternoon's race wasn't quite. It was, it was a lot wetter, wasn't it? It was steady, yeah, and they had wets on for the whole race. So, um, But it was and also the foreign superstars, because, you know, as I say, these, these richer AMs try to get the best pro. The manufacturers actually have contracted drivers that they donate, as it were, yeah. to, the, to the AMs in Britain. Um, so at the start, I mean, Jules Gounon, uh, the French guy, disappeared at the start. Uh, Raphael Macchiello um, pulled through to second, another Mercedes. And so uh, they virtually won the race and came second for their men. Jules Gounon was uh, running for Ian Loki, the Scot. Raphael was uh, running for John Ferguson, the Irish driver. And then in third place, it was the German, Martin Kirchhoffen that helped carry the Mercedes along with Alex West in, in a McLaren. Swedish drivers, no English drivers there, Irish, Scotland. <laughs> yeah, those top six drivers from France, Italy, Germany, Scotland, Ireland, and Sweden. So it's quite an international thing, British GT now. Which car do you um, think looks the best? There's some good-looking cars, aren't there? The Mercedes. The Mercedes yeah. did look the most sure You know what looked good? I'm going to be really well, But there was a great battle, didn't it, the names? It was a lovely battle for GT4. Three McLarens all battling out. The leader was a bit out ahead. The battle for second place went right to the line. So uh, there's always two races going on. I, uh, I'm going to be a bit contentious, but the M4 BMW, of course, BMW now this new design with this huge grills, but actually really looks good on the GT shot. It did. Yeah, I agree. It really aggressive. That didn't work either. They struggled. They qualified quite well, but they struggled a bit in the wet conditions. And, right, uh, in, in race one, uh, fourth place yeah. in race one. So, uh, but Joe Osborne really... did the did the did the analysis. 
Joe never stops talking. I don't, he doesn't shout, Joe. But he is, he the one is he the guy that's quite knowledgeable, but very... Very not, but just not voice. talks. Yes, just monitor, but just talks non-stop. Breathe, breathe, Joe. Yeah. He, he was, I don't know how he did it. He jumped from gaps closing to, to driver's air tubes to traction control, but it just went on and on and on and on and on and on. Um, but it, it was a lot about... Which I think spoils if you tell people too much scientific information. I think it takes away some of the the, the, the romance or drama. You know, they sort of say he's got to turn his his traction control's not working as well as the other guy's traction control. And I just want to know it's pretend it's just a driver that's making the difference. And so I don't know. But, yeah, um, I see. I quite like getting that bit of inside knowledge. Um, but but it was something. It's too much, Joe. Breathe, Joe. Bit, bit too much. And you know what I liked as well is the fact that um, Adam, who drives for Mercedes now, used to drive for Aston Martin. Uh, what's his last name? Bush, Phil? Uh, Won the Johnny race Adam. first race. Johnny, Johnny Adam. Adam. Sorry. Johnny Adam. <laughs> anyway, my, my knowledge GT drivers are amazing. But um, I like the fact that when he got out of the car, he said that he didn't, he wasn't familiar with the Mercedes, so he didn't even know whether windscreen wipers or headlights <laughs> or anything were when he was trying to turn them on when he was driving. But uh, rookie. Sorry, so do go and watch. Do go and watch British GT. If you're a touring car fan that just goes to touring car races, just try the British GTs when they come your way. Because I and think it's very. Do you know what? There wasn't much argy bargy. There wasn't. There there wasn't um, that yeah. much because touring yeah. cars, uh, all the time, it's just crash bang wallet. But uh, there wasn't much argy bargy at all. Plato was in it as well, wasn't he? Your mate from Plato. Yeah, no, no relation. And no relation, Plato. <laughs> they always talk about, talk about that's the only gossip is you know there's this one seat left in the team they're talking about Plato might be in it now so he <laughs> might be coming wouldn't surprise now, this could be Jason back to touring cars I think uh, who knows anyway okay. the other one is the bikes of course then Silverstone was the bikes it was Alton Park for the British GT opening round and the bikes on telly again because it was good, British GT, in case you didn't know was on Sky F1 so you could have so it was good to see it on mainstream Sky it was good yeah um, super bikes, well, the super bikes, they're on some channels as well, but that was one, always great entertainment bikes because just simply because you see the human being on top of it, don't you? It was a bit scary. They did a um, there's this, I don't know what the something cop cup, um, the junior cup, and they did a whole documentary about this like 12 year old, and he's a midget 12 year old. They went to his school to interview him, but he you won the championship that. last year. What it's almost a midget. I thought you'd have, oh, you'd small a person. Sport, yeah. Oh, I know. Well, he was a lovely lad, anyway. And he's the star. He won the championship last year. And he, had, he crashed and qualified. I mean, we didn't hear the story completely. I didn't catch up with the whole story. But he came from 32nd to 3rd in the first race. And uh, <laughs> was, was mounting a challenge to win when it was a red flag. Just someone tumbled and was slightly hurt, so they stopped it. Um, and I haven't got his name either, but it was just wonderful to watch these kids, you know, but when he was on the podium, you know, he was half the size. There was a couple of teenagers, big, tall teenagers, and this little tiny lad. He was a superstar for the future. Brilliant. We'll get Where's he name. from, we'll, Tiff? Where's the shortest person from? England. Good. Evan Wayne. But Evan. I ought to get his name because we ought to, we ought to highlight him sometime. He's, he's in the, the youngest cup. You talk about something for a minute. We'll, we'll go to... Um, so was it, on the, was it on the main um, a, a, Grand Prix track? For the British Super No, it's just on the club segment, which which does great racing, because it keeps everyone, doesn't it, in one. I was going to say, for, for, for motorbike racing, I think that's quite good, isn't it? Because uh, plenty of twists and turns, and it keeps the, the pack bunched up, I guess. You're, you're determined to get his name now, aren't you? You're looking you're very still dapper, talking. You're way, supposed to be able to carry. You're supposed to you're carry very me. dapper, by the way, but I have to say that um, uh, your football team wasn't looking so dapper. As you, you don't have to say that. That's completely unnecessary. Well, that's not the way to... They're going to be out of the Premiership. 
<laughs> in the championship. So uh it's not the way to to a talent cup, the RNG talent cup. And the kid is called and he's he's on this man. vision track. You know when we watch the kids doing Moto Three, this vision track team? Yeah. That's not the right name. Oh, come on. Don't do that to me. Look well, back Tiff Nadell, ex-Formula um, 1 racer and Le Mans. I'm sure it's the talent cup Le Mans Had a podium once at Le Mans. Last ever time you went to Le Mans, wasn't it? Was it? Johnny Garness. Johnny Garness. You're the kid. Johnny Garness. We're going to remember the name. He's not a kid. He's a young man. Be careful what you say. <laughs> Johnny Garness. I always love when women talk about women's football. They oh, always careful, talk about careful, the girls. Careful, careful, careful. No, yeah. but they always talk about the girls. They call them girls and girls and girls and girls and girls. I don't know. I anyway, know. Johnny Garness, you're a star. I know, what, I know where you're going with that. And it's, um, yeah. So, anyway. Back to so, the anyway, no, no, no. You've got to answer my question. What was, was that? The, when you got on the podium at Le Mans, your 14th time, yeah. was, that the, was that the final time you ever did Le Mans? No, no, I did about um, three or four or more after that. Okay. Um, so the big bikes, yeah, but again, great racing. I mean, I've just got the results and the, it was just never-ending action. Um, and the British, an English English guy, Kyle Ride, won the first race, two two races, obviously, one one in the, was the one on Saturday, one on Friday, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. Uh, Kyle Ride in Yamaha, who was the, uh, he finished sixth, I think, last year. He was a teammate for the champion last year. He's in that rich energy uh, Yamaha. Josh Brooks, who's now 39 years old, He's moved to BMW. The bike looked great colour scheme. And um, he was a ch- he's twice been a champion. He hasn't won for about two years, I don't think. So he was delighted to come second. And then he won the next race, which we'll get Amazing. to. I've jumped the gun. Um, he won the second race. And then Northern Ireland's Ben Irwin came third in the first race. And he's in my new favourite bike because all it's got written all over its Ducati fairing is beer. Just says beer. That's very clever marketing, isn't it? And so it, now it I'm going to ask you, who is the beer sponsor? Ducati team. I've Googled them now so we can advertise. They could well sponsor this. They could, couldn't they? I mean, if you, if, you know, they gave you a little couple of beers, they could sponsor this <laughs> podcast. Who is it? Um, they're, a, they're a beer distributor. So you can buy okay. on Tinternet any sort of beer from them. That's really clever so, advertising, isn't it? Because they're not allowed to advertise um, the actual brand, the beer brand, alcohol, beer. but they're allowed to advertise the word beer. That's brilliant. I love that. So I haven't got down who won the other races. Who won the second race? But you know, oh, no, those are the three winners. Sorry, those are the three winners. I'm killing okay. my own notes are killing me now. The three winners from the three races were Carl Ride, Josh Brooks, and Glenn Irwin. Um, and Brooks leads the championship. Tommy Bridewell is second in the championship after all the points. He had two second places in the third. He's Glenn Irwin's teammate in the beer monster Ducati team. Um, and then Irwin uh, is third in championship and Ryan is fourth. So three different manufacturers winning races. So all bodes well for another cracking year of British Superbikes. Brilliant. Where are they off to next, you know? Oh, just have to look at my brilliant um, calendar. Already, look, already, see? This is what it takes. For those of you that can't see, he is such a geek, and I love him for it because (laughs) he's got every single major racing event on his clipboard that he's now reading. You come to Silverstone on April the 9th. We come down here, we find it's Alton Park on April the 30th. Alton Park, April the 30th. How much um, preparation work did you used to do when you were commentating with Murray Walker? 
Oh, a lot more than this pages. Well, then Murray, Murray was the master. Murray had everything, so it was it was much simpler. I just had to follow Murray, but uh, it was I, I mainly went on recognition. That was the hardest thing, you know. They are amazing commentators. I mean, Crofty, I've got to give him credit. The way he can pick out the cars and the colours, and when they, I think they all look the same nowadays. Um, that well, is I think the, a lot of the time you're going with the, the helmet, aren't you? Um, with a lot of the Formula One drivers, yeah. yeah. When, but, uh, yeah, I, big big respect. If they're even um, cheesy on with the Caterham. Uh, commentary, you know, he knows all the drivers, he knows yeah. what they do, and he knows little snippets about all of them. It takes a, it's not just turning up on a Saturday and sprouting out a few words. Well, not a very big crowd at bikes, though. I mean, tracks, nothing touring cars gets bigger than bikes, about similar, but at Silverstone didn't look a big crowd. Um, but so much action going on, great. Speaking of not very big crowds, it wasn't a very big crowd at Southampton yesterday either. Actually, or Saturday, whatever. It, it was, was a full house. Was it? There were loads of empty seats on the telly. Only at the end. <laughs> yeah, and you're four one down. <laughs> Ten minutes to go. Cheerio, cheerio, cheerio. Quite lost, like, the biggest um, evacuation was West Ham, and they were getting beaten four one at home by somebody. Of course, I've never seen such an empty stadium. No, yeah, that wasn't very good. Anyway, so moving quickly on, on NASCAR just to finish off. Uh, late last night, I watched. I had to confess, I watched it this morning on on times thirty. Uh, it was a dirt race at uh, Bristol Speedway. It was spectacular. I told you you would watch it. Did you watch it? No. You didn't um, watch it. You watched it on Times 30. That's not watching, well, yeah, is well, it? Well, I watched most of it, you know, at times normal and then sped up a bit okay. and, you know, go through the yellows. But it was just, I mean, there were, there were times in the race where there were five of them, three wide, overtaking two wide. And they do this dive bomb. What's it called when you go inside the, the, the um, oh, when a you come lunch? up the inside, then shoot up in front of them. You know that bikes do it in speedway and stuff, where you dive down the inside and you shoot up in front of them. Lots of that going on. Do you either took the high line or the low line, the middle line? Um, just overtake it all the time. And so was there dust everywhere? I know they're dampening it down, and it's getting no. Up. It didn't get too dusty. They did a great job of the track, and because yeah. long as long as you get the sort of rubberized black strip on top of the clay early on before it gets too dry, then the sort of tire grip holds it. And there were some great bits that broke up, huge lumps. So they had to go either above it or below it or, or put wheels each side. So there were sections that had sort of got huge cracks and lumps. Um, and it is bizarre to watch these, you know, 200-mile-an-hour Daytona things go broadside round dirt, 60, 70, 100 miles an hour. But it was amazing. It was good to watch. Unfortunately, the slight drawback is that certain number five, the great Carlos, who led from the start to the first Finished the first um, stage easily. He was going to cruise it. But this is what's always great about NASCAR because you don't have to stop at the end of the first stage when the yellows come out. Yeah. And about six cars stayed out. So they then started the second stage ahead of Larson, who was now seventh. And he got boxed in, made bad moves, had a bit of trouble. Then he banged into the uh, the 41 car, Ryan Priest. He was, um, Priest was trying to edge alongside him and the guy... Um, Larson moved up, just just touched Priest. I didn't think it was that, you know, not being biased at all about the five, but Priest hit the wall. <laughs> so that then Priest was on the radio moaning, I'm not going to do this anymore. And, and the spotter was saying, well, you know what you got to do, what goes around, comes around, all that sort of, we're going to, you felt, you knew there was tension in the air. That it could he? Anyway, Priest had more trouble and dropped right to the back of the pack. So we thought, he's gone, we won't see him. Larson was now battling like mad. Um, and then he, he, he they, we had a restart. He restarted about sixth, and then halfway through the next stage, he had a spin on his own. Spin on his own. Shows how tricky it is. The great Carl Larson can spin on his own, which dropped into the back of the pack, where he was then happened to be alongside 
the number 41 of Ryan Priest. And um, I mean, Larson must have known what was coming, but he went to go round the outside of Priest high. And when they were alongside, Priest just shoved him up into the wall. And then they came back down again. That was the exiting sort of turn four, I think it was. Then they came down the straight, and the Larson seemed to come down into Priest because he says his car was broken and he couldn't control it. Anyway, so that, that was Larson out of the race. In the end, they were all... Larson was fairly sort of, well, I guess he was retaliating. And Priest was very prickly, saying these big superstars, they can't push and shove us around. Anyway, amongst all that drama for lovers of the number five, Carl Larson, um, Christopher Bell, who was the one person Carl Larson said is better than him, because they grew up both doing dirt midgets. So uh, Larson's had so many races against Bell on the dirt from for years and years and years uh so christopher bell came through and he pulled out quite an easy lead after the last restart to win a toyota with tyler tyler reddick got close in the last lap was closing in another toyota so loads of action in nascar on the dirt entertaining and that was all of the weekend I mean, there was still a lot of motorsport going on as always but not the big names that people only seem to want to know which is why we're here with our podcast to open your eyes to other motorsports that's great and if you, to watch. And if you are listening or watching from a different country, I know it's, most of our listeners are probably celebrating Easter somewhere, but that's why it's over Fridays and, and Mondays uh, this weekend, because it's our Easter weekend in the UK. Um, so what have we got to look forward to next week, Tiff? Oh, big again. So great big again. After a weekend off, the, the greatest thing is World Endurance Championship Portimao. Uh, we've got this whole new generation of hypercars uh, around that amazing Portimao oh, track. Wow. Yeah. So really looking forward to that. Who, um, Ferrari favourites or who's... who's well, no, still good? probably Toyota will always be favourites yeah. this year. Yeah. You know, they've got so much more experience. Ryan Cullen, he'll be out there. Ferrari of the boost. He'll be in his LMP2. Yep. Um, yeah, IndyCar at Long Beach, which is always spectacular, overtaking very hard, but uh, still a great spectacle. Watch those IndyCar boys around Long Beach. And the same weekend on the Saturday normally is the IMSA sports cars, which are the same hypercars as that will be racing in Portimao. So um, IMSA sports cars on the Saturday, IndyCar Long Beach on the Sunday, and then MotoGP. I said it's all happening. And Koto is a track that um, I thought maybe NASCAR uh, shouldn't go to. And I don't think MotoGP should go there either. Because, you know, there's only sort of 17 or 18 of them. And they look so small. Mm, that's the trouble that's with the these problem. tracks. When you have that tarmac runoff on both yeah. sides of the circuit, there's a little strip and you've got a wide shot, they just seem to get lost. But, but Silverstone's got that, but it gets away with it because the bikes take well, it doesn't. Like... I don't think don't mm. think Silverstone Grand Prix circuit, the bikes look that good. They need they need sort of something that makes it a little more dangerous to them, something that's a bit closer to give you that sensation of thief, of speed and the, the fragility, you know, being on a motorbike and so I, mean, I was thinking about I mean, this moving grandstands miles away is another problem. I think with spectators, mm. you know, I think when I grew up, you know, we, we, I was clinging to a fence and, you know, Sterling Moss and Jim Clark, they were 10 feet away from me. And I could always look and see the dials on their rev counters. as They went past me. Um, and when you sit, especially the, the, the old start finish straight, which was, which was these finish straight for British Superbikes on the national circuit, you know, the, They've moved the grands, the gravel traps about 100 yards wide. Mm. And, the, and it's almost only after the kink would. I know, but I think but it drives away. Some, uh, quite a bit of uh, carbon fibre went into the crowd, didn't it? But, uh, yeah, got over the fence. Tiff, so tell think, us about your racing this year. What have you got coming up other than Bernie's well, on this, the 17th This weekend, June? that's what I was going to get to after MotoGP. The next one ah. is Goodwood, Goodwood members meeting next I'll weekend. Yeah, cheering the you on. The place to be, I'll be out in a, a Ford Cortina in the Jim Clark 
trophy race, it's called. And this is the one race where they have every, all the professional drivers and celebrity drivers Can sharing. Can I tell you, in the press car. pack, I don't know if you've seen it, but in the press pack, your name is first in that. As all the oh. esteemed drivers, your name is first. How about That's that? That's nice. Yeah. But you, didn't go there, you, haven't, you haven't missed one, April, have you? So. No, done everyone. Because April 7th was, was the anniversary of Clark's death, Sam. Yeah. So we were, all, we were all thinking about Jim Clark last Thursday, Friday. Your, he, just to clarify, he is your hero racing Ultimate driver. hero. I mean, just... Yeah. And he will always be, I think, because he was such a gentleman and such a talented driver. And because I raced, saw him racing a Formula One race and then a saloon car race and then a sports car race all the same weekend, you know. So I, I saw him <laughs> saw him race so many cars just in one weekend sometimes. And because he he was so good. Um, so it was, it was and he, he, he never used his car as a battering ram like certain other, you know, you talk about under yeah. Senna Senna or Schumacher. Marcus. You know, yeah. sadly, they're, they're flawed geniuses, I would say. You know, it was Clark would have a dream of, pushing someone else off the road or even yeah. bumping into them. Um, NASCAR will be out, of course. They'll go from a half a mile of dirt to a half a mile of tarmac or concrete at, at Martinsville. So they'll continue hitting each other all weekend. Um, so, yeah, massive amount of sport next weekend. And what are, what other racing you've got lined up for this season? My only really the member, only good one at the moment. Nothing else. I might be doing another um, uh, old historic race. And then, of course, there's the, uh, the Chevrolet. Corvette anniversary race. 70 years of Corvette. Might not Bernie's. be on my calendar yet. Get it on there with Bernie's V8. Uh, um, what about your Formula what 4? What date? Have you got a date for me? 17th of um, June. Will, will your Formula Ford get a... Um, will that get a... I don't know. No, my out? Formula Ford's in the garage at the moment. and I got crashed last time when I got hit by someone else. I was else. there. It was Castle Coombe. No, no I'll, I'll get it out again, but I've got to redo the fire extinguisher. These petty regulations drive me mad, you know, because I've got, I've got, I've You're got. Not going to say that in same July, are you? A former, I met a man from the MSUK down testing at Goodwood last week. I saw he had the badge on him, so that's a, to me that's a red rag to a bull. So I laid into him. <laughs> Firstly, with those new track limits, are they really going to introduce this one second penalty for half a wheel over a white line, which I'm not sure has been introduced or not yet. And then after that, they asked me, "Am I going to race my Lotus?" And I said, "Well, I've got to go and let off my fire extinguisher and have it refilled." And I asked him, when in the history of Formula Ford racing since 1967 as, as a fire extinguisher ever put out any fire yeah. on a Formula Ford? Yeah. It's just I'm spending it is. from... It we is. have to wear that neck harness, which I don't like. You have to buy one of those. They're about £500 now on their good yeah. one. It's just... Hands, yeah. It's hands devices. The stuff they make you have, which I think should be advisory. We suggest you have a neck... We think medically. Yeah. I don't. I get, on, I get you on that fire extinguisher. Like you say, when is the last time one ever... And the seatbelts, the seatbelts. I think it's four or five years. I've got like this brand new seatbelt that'll do about eight races. I'm going to have to throw them away. But surely somebody out there that does fire extinguishers is going to listen to this and say, oh, okay, well, this is Tiff and this is his racing. We'll, we'll do one and we'll, we'll give it a mention on the podcast and, and in the video. You're you. listening, Steve. Calling, calling Bald Eagle Steve down at the Castle Coombe shop. Calling Steve, Castle Coombe. you got no chance with him. <laughs> Thanks for watching, as always. See you next week. Almost. Happy Easter. Happy, happy Easter, a frantic weekend. Cheers. See you.